This show is not a substitute for professional counseling and no relationship is created between the show hosts or guests and any listener. If you feel you are in need of professional mental health and are a UA student, we encourage you to contact the UA Counseling Center at 348-3863. If you are not a UA student, please contact your respective county's crisis service hotline or their local mental health agency or insurance company. If it is an emergency situation, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. It's 6 o'clock and time again for Brain Matters, the official radio show of the UA Counseling Center. We are broadcasting from the campus of the University of Alabama. Good evening. My name is Dr. B.J. Gunther, and I'm the host of the show, along with my colleague and producer, Katherine Howell. And in case you don't know, the show is about mental and physical health issues that affect college students, and in particular, UA students. So you can listen to us each Tuesday night at 6 p.m. on 90.7 FM, or you can listen online at wvuafm.ua.edu. You can also download the MyTuner radio app and type in WVUAFM 90.7 and listen to us that way. Also, if you have any ideas for upcoming shows, email those to me at brainmattersradio at wvuafm.ua.edu and I'll consider using your show topic for um, the remainder of this semester. We don't record shows during the summer, but we have. this is our third show, so we've got I don't know, maybe nine or ten more shows to go for the semester. So if you have ideas, send those to me. And even if we've done it before in the past or if it's just a common topic like depression, we still need to continue um, keeping that on the forefront, the, the main issues that affect college students, stress management, test management, test anxiety, um, relationships, roommate problems, all that is still good topics. So don't hesitate to email me. It's brainmattersradio at wvuafm.ua.edu. Tonight's topic is an interesting topic that I had never heard of. I think I was asking Catherine before the show, we had a guest on the show in the fall. And I think she mentioned emotional flatlining which is the topic for tonight's show and i had never really heard of that had to do a little bit of research um and my guest tonight is interesting and she you know you need to go she, she'll give you her website but you need to go and listen to her basically it's it's kind of like a testimony a little bit about how she got involved with emotional flatlining the definition but for some people pleasure is elusive and they don't experience it without listening to they don't even experience it when when they're doing things that are very enjoyable such as listening to music spending time with loved ones eating delicious food they just don't really get anything out of it and things that may have once brought them pleasure just don't anymore um, the condition is called anhedonia but that is a symptom of depression and we're going to talk more about the difference between anhedonia and emotional flatlining and even though it's um, usually or always associated with another mental illness. It's often a symptom of a primary illness, like I just said, depression or maybe even bipolar disorder. My guest tonight is Jackie Kim. Jackie is the founder and author of two books on appreciative living and offers workshops, consulting, and a coaching certification program. Her work has been embraced by companies such as Duke Integrative Medical Center, the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, and Q 
Keurig Green Mountain Coffee. Jackie holds four different coaching certifications and a BS in mechanical engineering with an, uh, with an MBA. And prior to starting Appreciative Living, she was a manager for Ernst & Young in the leadership and organization change group and senior development engineer for General Motors. Wow, Jackie, that's a mouthful. <laughs> You're a genius, a mechanical engineer. Oh, my gosh. Uh, thanks for being on the show, and I hope I gave you a proper introduction and a proper introduction to emotional flatlining. Yes, yes. I'm so excited to be here tonight, and I come here through way of experience with all those credentials that seem completely unrelated. How do you get from there to working with emotional well, flatlining? Tell, and, tell, yes. tell the listeners about yourself, where you're from, where you are right now, because you're in the Eastern time zone. I know that. Um and how you got involved, what your credentials are, why you're interested in the topic. Yeah, that's right. So I'm in Charleston, South Carolina right now, but I've moved around a lot. But my journey really began many, many years ago. I struggled with depression and anxiety and suicidal ideation and all kinds of things for, for most of my life and was always trying to search for answers. But on the outside, I looked perfectly healthy, like a lot of people with mental struggles do. And I was achieving, 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 but I would have these sort of private breakdowns all along the way. And so as I went through all that, I started reading self-help books and taking classes and trying to figure out why I couldn't get my personal life together. Um, and then what happened is when I was getting my MBA, I came across a strength-based positive philosophy for organization change. And I started applying it to myself and it was just miraculous. And all of a sudden it resolved my depression and anxiety. I had been on medications. I had been seeing therapists for many years and all of a sudden all my labels went away and I it was just miraculous. And so that's what actually prompted me to write my first book on appreciative living, which was back in 2000. 2005. And at that point, I shifted out of that work and got into personal growth and development, wrote another book in 2009 um, with, with a major publisher, Penguin, and continued to work with people from there. And so what happened is I started, I was running classes on how to create more joy, how to overcome these difficult situations and, and you know, mental issues and things. And I had tremendous success. And one time, and there was one particular class, though, where I had one woman who was not getting better. In fact, she was getting worse. She was feeling worse. Everyone else is feeling better, and she's feeling worse. And I, I just couldn't figure out what was going on. She ended up dropping out of the class. So anyhow, fast forward now to 2013, and what happens is I get a massive infection. from mel uh, I had melanoma, et cetera. But I ended up all of a sudden sitting in the hospital on bed rest and I lost all my feeling. It went completely blank, completely numb. And I had never experienced anything like this before. As I said, I had already struggled with depression and pretty severe depression. There was a point in my life before this where I was on the couch um, for, for months where I couldn't get out of my pajamas. I, I couldn't work. I was incapacitated with really severe depression. And, and I had severe anhedonia at that time, which I'm defining as a loss of interest, a loss of pleasure, a, a loss of any kind of motivation. And so I'd been through that, but this was completely different. This was a, it was like a shutting down of emotion. And so I didn't know what to do. And I tried all of my appreciative living stuff, the things that had worked for years and none of it worked. 
So at that point, I started going out on the internet, trying to find my answers, and I discovered this word anhedonia to describe it. But then I found all these forums, and there were people who'd had this for years with no resolution. And it was really, really upsetting. It was almost worse than not knowing. And so I started applying everything I knew from all these years of working with personal growth and development and, and neuroscience what I realized is this was a neurological problem. It was yeah. distinct, right? This was distinct. And so I approached it that way. So in the difference is it's coming at it like if someone has a stroke and they lose the function of their arm, that's a different thing to fix. And so I had lost my feelings. And so I started rehabilitating them with this brain training program and it worked. And it was miraculous. And so then at that point, I said, I got to see if this works for anybody else. I thought of that one woman that I'd worked with all those years. And I called her and I said, hey, I think I know what's going on. Do you want to try this? She said, yes, we worked together. She got her feelings back, which was miraculous. She hadn't felt in years. So then I went out and I found five people on the internet who had the same problem. I worked with them. They all got their feelings back. Then I created, I did a live program. They all got their feelings back, except for one guy who was on some heavy psychotropic medication. Oh, um, and that's our next week's topic. There's a little teaser. Yes. <laughs> no, actually psychedelic. Sorry, psychedelic. Sidebar. There you go. But so that's, yes, no. that's the story. That's you know, a long-winded here, answer. Here, so much is going through my mind right now because when I hear this, I automatically put it under the heading of depression. But then when you describe it, you know, my first thought was, and Catherine, help me out with this. Everybody that I've who I've talked to who have said they're depressed, I'm trying to think, most likely one of their symptoms is going to be no motivate like a loss of pleasure a loss of things that they used to enjoy anhedonia right but i don't know it's different from that and that's what you clarified when i first got in touch with you or you know when i sent you the questions to kind of prep for the show and it sounds to me like you mentioned a stroke it almost sounds sounds to me more like a physical thing like a literal physical thing like aphasia when you is that in that when you lose your ability to speak when you've had a stroke, yes. um, it's almost like that's what it sounds like to me. Yes. And the way that I describe it is if you think of your brain as a bunch of hoses, if you think of all the neural pathways as uh-huh. like hoses in your brain and you think of the chemicals flowing through them like neurotransmitters. So the way I describe anhedonia, anhedonia is like somebody squeezed the hose. So not as many, the neurotransmitters are the good feeling chemicals like serotonin and dopamine that make us feel good. So the more of those chemicals flowing, the better we feel. So when you have anhedonia or depression, it's like somebody squeezing that hose, not as much as flowing and you don't feel as good. You don't have as much interest. And the more they squeeze it, the less you have. Anhedonia, or I'm sorry, emotional flatlining it's like someone came in and they just kink the hose mm-hmm. and they just completely stop the flow. And then what happens when you kink a hose and the flow stops, the hose starts to dry rot because nothing's going through. And the analogy, there's the atrophy of the brain pathway. If you, the brain is a use it or lose it neuroplastic yes. brain. Yes. What happens, you stop using that pathway and it dies. So now no matter what caused that flatlining initially, you have to fix that pathway in order to get the feelings back, which is a completely different thing than increasing the flow of the neurotransmitter. It is. That's a perfect analogy. It makes you, it helps, it helps me understand it better. You know, you didn't have, 
any training in brain fun I mean, you were a me- mechanical engineer. I'm assuming you had no real, you know, education background when it comes to neuroscience, the brain. Did you teach yourself that or I mean, just in your I, research that you talked about? I did have some background. I had studied neuroscience. I had taken positive psychology courses. I had studied some neuropsychology because of my other work with appreciative living and helping people get happier and dealing with depression. So I knew a little bit, okay, but not nearly what I discovered when I came went in to fix my own issues. What causes this? What do you think causes this? I read I've read a couple of articles in preparation for the show. Um, you know, it's it talks some of the articles talked about grief, trauma, I guess. Um, what do you think causes it in your research that you've done? Well, first of all, again, I want to keep the distinction of anhedonia and emotional flatlining because they're different. And I want to say that anhedonia, which is a symptom of depression, is very common. It's it's like it's almost always with depression. Right. Flatlining, emotional flatlining is extremely rare. Is it? It's extremely rare. And all my years since 2013, since I've had it, I have never met another person who's had it. I have only had people find me on the internet just to say how rare it is, but it's there. So, but in terms of the causes, so for the the emotional flatlining, and I've worked with, I mean, I've had probably more than a hundred people go through my program. The causes of all the people who've come in have been either anxiety or severe stress. That's probably most of them. Some kind of infection, medication. Some have been from ADD or ADHD medications. Some have antibiotics like me. Some of them have been on antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds or psychotropic meds. Wow. Um, And what's interesting with emotional flatlining, unlike anhedonia, it's like a switch goes off very often. Literally a switch. Yep, like they kink the hose and everything stops. So it tends to be a much more... Sudden. It's almost like a sudden impact. Do do you have people who call you or contact you, you know, hoping for an answer and and, and you recognize that it's more anhedonia and you have to tell them and explain like you're explaining to us the difference? Yes, exactly. And then I just refer them out, which I mean, even if they have emotional flatlining, they need to be seeing uh, working with a professional because I'm not a professional licensed uh, mental health person. You know, I'm here and I just share my work and I share what has worked for me, but I don't give advice and I don't prescribe or try to diagnose or treat anybody. And Jackie, it sounds like it's too good to be true. You know, I mean, I know you're you're living proof that it, it worked, but it really, when you start describing it, it's just like, it's just so, it's unbelievable. But it, it's, it's rare, like you said, that somebody like me, even a therapist, honestly, I don't know if I've, I've been doing this for over probably, you know, 20 something years. And I don't think I've ever experienced, even when I worked in the hospital on the unit, you know, on the psychiatric unit. If I did, I'm embarrassed to say I didn't recognize it like that. I guess I might have categorized it as major depression. Yes, you and everybody else. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, honestly, the the hardest problem I have even now is trying to explain the difference because it sounds exactly the same. 
And I think actually when I see some of the research going on out there now for trying to treat anhedonia, they will have these interventions and they will work for a percentage of the people. And there's some people they don't work at all. And the researchers are befuddled. Just like that lady that you mentioned. Right. And I think it's because they have people in the mix who actually have emotional flatlining. And it is a completely different functional mechanism in the brain. Uh, Okay. I have so many questions. We're going to take our first break, but when we come back, I want to find out why you think, and maybe you don't know this, but see if you can answer this. Are there medical professionals out there who deny that this is happening? Hold that thought. We'll be right back. You're listening to Brain Matters on 90.7 The Capstone. WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. This show is not a substitute for professional counseling and no relationship is created between the show hosts or guests and any listener. If you feel you are in need of professional mental health and are a UA student, we encourage you to contact the UA Counseling Center at 348-3863. If you are not a UA student, please contact your respective county's crisis service hotline or their local mental health agency or insurance company. If it is an emergency situation, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. Listening to Brain Matters on 90.7 The Capstone, I'm Dr. B.J. Gunther, and tonight we're talking about a very interesting and rare um, disorder, I guess you would call it, or uh, I don't know how you would categorize it, feeling, um, episode even, I, I don't know how you would categorize it, it's emotional flatlining. And my guest is Jackie Kam. Jackie has been working with um, trying to educate people and and actually help people who experience emotional flatlining since I think I read, is it around 2013? Did I read that correctly? Yes. Yes. And when we left off to go to break, uh, she was telling us how rare this is. And I asked, and I'll ask you again, Jackie, do medical professionals deny that this is happening? Are there skeptics? And how do you address that? Yes, definitely. And I, it's, Ignorance is simply a lack of knowledge and you don't know what you don't know. That's right. I don't I don't think that professionals recognize that there's a distinction. And I didn't either until I, I actually so had yeah. it. <laughs> so I don't it, it, there's nobody at fault or blame. And I don't. But the, the bottom line is they don't know that this is a there's a difference. And when you have it, you cannot explain it. I, w- I sat across from multiple professionals, including a, a man who did an assessment of my brain trying to explain this. And I just couldn't. They just couldn't understand the distinction. Can I ask you this for somebody like myself and Catherine? In your opinion, since it's very since it's hard to um distinguish what would be something that would help us distinguish recognizing this in somebody yes i think that's hard because i feel like i do it because i can tell by what the person focuses on so for somebody with emotional flatlining let me give you a few examples of the differences and then you'll see so for example if you are a new mother say postpartum depression is very common for new mothers, right? Yes. Someone might come in and if they had anhedonia, they would be saying, 
oh, I just don't have any interest and I don't feel like I really want to take care of my baby. I do, but, you know, I just, I've, I'm not motivated and I'm very sad. And it's, it's this like very reduction of feeling, reduction, reduction, reduction. Mm-hmm. A mother who has emotional flatlining, which is the most devastating thing on the planet, let me just say, they just give birth to a brand new baby and they look at the baby and they feel absolutely nothing, nothing no connection whatsoever. They might as well be holding a napkin, uh, a box of Kleenex, nothing, no love, no connection, absolutely no caring. Can they um, communicate that? Because I have heard, you know, I have heard new mothers say, it's almost like they recognize that they should feel a certain way, but they don't. And I understand what you're saying, because I felt that, too, when I gave birth. (laughs) And that's what I mean, why this is so hard to explain. But there isn't a point in the entire day, the entire week, the entire month that mother's with the baby. There's not a second when she's in the middle of the night nursing, when she's any. There's no point in that entire time would she feel anything ever. Nothing. For that child. and, And you know what? That sounds dangerous, doesn't it? Well, so that's interesting. Uh, what happens is you learn, you just fake it. You pretend yeah. you care. Yes. You pretend to do things and you just do things because you know you should. And people, that's, that's probably one of the biggest things that you'll hear from emotional flatlining people versus anhedonia is I am just faking it all the time. And, I, I, and they're trying to explain to you what it's like to have no feeling. And it's probably probably extremely frustrating, extremely frustrating to not feel like you're understood, you know, to not feel like, I don't know, unless you've met somebody who's actually experienced that, I don't know if you would ever feel that, if that makes sense, if you would ever, you know, if you would ever connect with somebody, a therapist, for instance. No, they don't understand. And it's infuriating. Oh. Do you work with medical professionals who do understand? Have you found the few that probably support you and, you know, um, and understand what you're talking about, I guess? I would love to. I haven't reached out. Actually, this is not my main business. My appreciative living business is my main business where I teach coaching and that. I created this program just as a give back for people like me who have this really, really rare condition. And that is the only reason I do it is to help them. So this isn't a business in itself. In the beginning, I tried to reach out to professionals, but they're yeah. like, well, what are you, what are you an engineer with an MBA? Like, what do you know? What, what do you do? Doing? Yeah. How do <laughs> and you so, know anything about this? I'm yeah. sure you got that many times. You right. know? After, after enough slam doors, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to wait and someday somebody will come to me. And, then and they have, point. and they have, fortunately, I mean, how many people, could you guesstimate how many people have this condition or experience this? Well, like I said, it's very rare, but it's certainly not. Uh, and there are some people who've had it and have recovered, you know, that I certainly don't know about out there. And don't recognize it, obviously. Well, that too, yeah, right? They don't recognize it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But like I said, I've never actually met anybody. I think it's going to become more common. I, I have some theories about what causes it or what may contribute to it, which some of those are escalating. So, One of the articles I read, you know, it mentions the dopamine 
and you um you've already mentioned that and i'm trying to find in this one article this this article is from real simple magazine i mean and really you really can't find anything on um emotional flatlining what comes up is anhedonia like we're talking about so that gets you back to you know you're back to square one is there one of the things they talked about in one of the articles is i'm going to read it when we look at the brain there are regions that interact to form a reward circuit a reward circuit tells you what is rewarding interesting or worthy to pursue and then it talks about the reward circuit regions may not interact well with each other in people with anhedonia and therefore this weakened communication between region um regions suggest unbalanced levels of dopamine have you been able to is that what you conclude also that there's unbalanced regions in the reward circuits of dopamine well some of the research that i've looked up on anhedonia and i think some of it is helpful and what some of it shows is sort of a block in some areas of the brain where the, the communication is not getting through. And dopamine it tends to be the one they measure because that's associated with happiness and that. But what I find with emotional flatlining is it's all the neurotransmitters, serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, all of the good feelings. Mm-hmm. And that whole reward circuit, that is the part of the brain that creates the good feelings. So when that, when that gets shut down, then all those feelings get shut down. But that's distinct from the fight or flight in the cortisol circuit. Have there been any MRI studies to look at people's brains who have emotional flatlining? Have you even gotten that far? Well, I haven't because I'm not in that side of the business. But the research that I've read that's been on anhedonia, again, I also want to mention emotional flatlining is my term. I made that up. Yep. To, di- to distinguish it from anhedonia. So that's probably why if you search on it, you're not going to find anything. It goes back to your website, which is, is it get, get joy? What is your get, website? Yes, getjoyback.com, getjoyback.com. So that makes sense um, because, yeah, it's only going to take you to anything mentioning anhedonia. Which is helpful because I think that in those studies, they do get people with emotional flatlining. And so they have been able to show certain parts of the brain that are cut off from each other that do make sense. And my underlying theory about what actually causes this is inflammation. Oh, let me tell you, one of the articles, let me see, that is one thing they really focused on. And I think you mentioned it, you know, when you go to Jackie, if you're listening, when you go to Jackie's website, you have a video there, which explains exactly what you told us right here. And I can't remember if you talk about inflammation on that video introduction, or if I definitely have read it, make um, one of the... um, one of the um, treatment options is make a lifestyle, make lifestyle changes that lower inflammation and balance dopamine because um, lifestyle changes also lessen inflammation in the body and the brain. And I guess that's connected to infection, like what you said may be one of the causes of emotional flatlining too. It's all connected. Exactly. So the causes, anything that would cause inflammation can trigger it. So anxiety and severe stress increase, you know, the flatlining infection medications, like we said, recreational drugs. And so the interesting thing about the inflammation. So if the inflammation, which is, again, what I do think is the underlying mechanism that causes the flatlining once. But the problem is once you cause the flatlining and once you've kinked the hose, if that hose stays kinked more than eight weeks or so, 
our use it or lose it brain stops that function. That hose has sort of in, in equivocally dry rotted as it were. So now, even though you reduce the inflammation and you get rid of the inflammation completely, that brain, that pathway is still not going to work. You have to rehabilitate that pathway. And I found that out through my own experience because I did get the inflammation down when I had the flat, I had flatlining over a year. And I went on this super clean, healthy eating, low inflammatory diet, and I had all the biomarkers to show everything dropped, and it did absolutely nothing for the flatlining. But it completely fixed and resolved my anxiety and depression. So did, there's that. Well, there was something that, did, that came out of it. Um, was it your website that I read about brain training? Or maybe it was... Um, one of these articles brain training and i don't know one of the articles mentions behavioral activation behavioral activation revolves around slowly taking steps to reactivate areas of your life you once found fun or joyful and it's not necessarily a quick process it sounds to me like like you were talking about faking it that's almost what they're talking about that's different than brain training though right well, behavioral activation is a type of brain training, in effect. Anything you do that's going to shift those neural pathways is, a, is sort of a form of brain training. So that sounds very congruent. And in my program, that's what I do. I call it a brain training program yes. because it's fixing that hose and repairing those pathways. So is the hose that's dry, I'm using your analogy, the hose that's dry rotted, is that, a, is that permanent damage? No. And okay, that's good. the great news. It can all be completely be rehabilitated. It all comes back. You're proof of that. Oh, everybody. Yes, everybody. And, and you know, all areas get affected. People don't realize. So when you lose pleasure, you lose everything. Not only interest, motivation, but your sense, your your senses as well. So the taste of food, the, the ability to enjoy music, intimacy, all of that with anhedonia gets dulled. But with flatlining, it completely breaks. You have nothing on, in those areas. But it all comes back when the feelings come back. Let's talk about, um, we've got an email question when we come back from our break. And also I want to talk about if you've heard of the two types of um, anhedonia. It's kind of what you're touching on, what you just described just now. And I'll, I'll give you a little more uh, about that in just a minute. I don't want to catch you off guard, but we'll also take an email question if you're willing. Okay? Sure thing. You're listening to Brain Matters on 90.7. We'll be right back. WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. This show is not a substitute for professional counseling and no relationship is created between the show hosts or guests and any listener. If you feel you are in need of professional mental health and are a UA student, we encourage you to contact the UA Counseling Center at 348-3863. If you are not a UA student, please contact your respective county's crisis service hotline or their local mental health agency or insurance company. If it is an emergency situation, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. Matters on 90.7 The Capstone. I'm BJ Gunther, and we're talking tonight about emotional flatlining. It is an interesting and rare um, condition. And my guest tonight is Jackie Kim. Jackie has developed basically a program to treat 
emotional flatlining, which is something that not many people have, not many people really understand. It's very difficult, I think, to, I think you've done a wonderful job, Jackie, of defining it and explaining it. It's not hard to understand, but it's unbelievable um, to actually, you know, feel that and I really not feel anything, just nothing, just absolutely. You know, when some students come in and they're describing depression, I I ask them, I'm like, do you feel blah? And they get that, they understand that, exactly what I mean, they don't have to describe any symptoms at that point. Um, When we left off, we were talking about uh, different causes, inflammation, infections, medications. And I mentioned in one of the articles that I read for research of the show, two main types of anhedonia, which anhedonia, Jackie has explained in prior segments, is different from this emotional flatlining. Anhedonia is a symptom of depression. It can also be a symptom of PTSD, of Parkinson's, uh, and, and there's other conditions or or disorders that anhedonia this is emotional flatlining is on a realm all by itself isn't it jackie it is do you have you ever heard of the two um types of anhedonia social and sensory social occurs when a person doesn't get pleasure out of social situations talking to friends having new experiences or competing with others like they used to then there's sensory anhedonia where people do not you know, they've lost pleasure from physical sensations, like even, you know, smelling freshly baked bread or cookies or something like that. You don't get any thrill from that. Yes. And I think that's back to the anhedonia and the flatlining distinction. Anhedonia can have distinctions like that where you lose interest or pleasure in one area. There are actually other types of anhedonia as well. There's musical anhedonia and uh, and there's a new term now that you've probably heard of PSSD, which is post SSRI sexual dysfunction. This, that's a big issue right now. Yeah. And those those are more of the anhedonia related with with the emotional flatlining. It's gone in all areas. So there's no partial thing. to it, it. It, I mean, you use the term flatlining, but that's what you're talking about. It's just nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question. Here's a question from somebody. Um, and I don't think we've answered this. What are and, and I don't know if this would be applicable to what we're talking about. What are easy tips for college students to incorporate gratitude into their everyday life? Sure. Does, so that's does gratitude my, have anything to do with this. So this is my appreciative living business. As you can imagine with the name. That's exactly what that's about. Gratitude is one of the more most powerful interventions you can do to improve your mood. And if you have anhedonia, which again is going to be the vast majority, if not everybody listening to this show right now, taking five or 10 minutes a day to list the things you're grateful for can transform your life in ways you can't even begin to imagine. So absolutely, that is a fabulous intervention. Unfortunately, with emotional flatlining, it's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> you did everything. You did, did. You did the diet. You changed your diet. What else did you do? You did the well, diet. You did therapy. You did medication. Yes. And I had, because I had my appreciative living, you know, so that work is visualization and gratitude and the power of questions and focus and doing all the right mindset stuff and the relaxation techniques and the food and the supplements and the, all that really, all that works for depression and anxiety and anhedonia, all that stuff helps because it helps increase that neurotransmitter flow but it did nothing for the flatlining. That's when I had to go out and really get deep and into figure neuroscience. out something else. When did you, can you tell us the first time you felt something 
when you knew that you had, that you were onto something? Oh yeah. What was it? Was, it? What it was, was it? miraculous. I was, well, I had come up with, you know, I'd done my research and I decided to try this program. I had no idea if it would work. And I was doing it for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden, I, oh my gosh, it'll make me cry when I, I think no. about it. But it was like, um, I mean, because you're afraid you're going to have this the rest of your life. And some people do. And all of a sudden I heard a song come on and I felt this, I felt this stirring. I felt this. Yeah. And I mean, I had been completely numb for over a year and I had this momentary, there's just this good feeling for this brief period of time. And it was absolutely miraculous there was i could have Late. won the lottery and i wouldn't have been happier yes. and then it was gone because that's how the brain rewires it, it go it comes real quick you get a few pathways lining up okay and bam, it's gone so <laughs> so when it when it happened though when it happened you knew right then you were onto something how did you connect that sensation you felt for a few minutes with finding the answer I just continued to do the program because it told me it was working. It told me that these brain training exercises I was doing. So that just gave me the hope I needed to keep going because, you know, you're doing this for weeks and nothing's happening. So you're you're like, what? And then all of a sudden you get this little blip and then, then I could just keep going in a little blip and a blip. And then it just starts to increase as you go further along because that's how the brain rewires. Can you give a little snippet? without giving your whole program away of what what is an example of a brain training technique i i will give the whole program away <laughs> i i do give it away <laughs> i give it away for free on my website i'm serious i created a whole video because you know i get people from all over the world and some of these people are from countries where there is no way they are ever going to afford anything ever and there's and, no way they're ever going to be able to possibly get to any kind of therapy. no and most of the people who find me are college students and young kids because they're very internet savvy so yeah. they don't have any money so i do i have a free program and i've done everything i can do for free and it's at my you know all you have to do is you sign up and you, and you get the information and so what the program is is just exercises that stimulate the good feelings in your brain so there's one the core one and it's the core one i, I have a paid program because it's so hard for people to stick with it and that has some other things but the core program in both is what i call simple pleasures and that is where you just Look around you and find things that would make you feel good if you could feel, because you can't feel when you have emotional flatlining. So you pick so up you the cup of coffee. You kind of pretend. You pretend. You look at it, and it's like you try to feel. You look at this coffee, and you try to feel. And you can't, but you try. And you try to think of the good things about this. And then you look at your cat, which you you don't feel anything for and you don't care about. And you try to feel. You try to feel. And so it's these looking at all these good things and trying to remember what it was like to feel these good things. And that's basically telling your brain. it's Your brain is starting to wake up those pathways again and to stimulate them again. So that's the core exercise. And then the other concept that I'll say about this that's really important, I talk about getting your brain pathways back and this revolves this is whatever you're trying to improve whatever you're trying to do if you're doing any kind of brain training work there's always what i you can think of as like an accelerator and a break the accelerator is anytime you're doing a new behavior that's the new behavior you want so in this case i'm trying to feel i'm looking at the cup i'm looking at the cat i'm putting my foot on the accelerator that's moving me forward 
The break is anything that takes you back to your old pattern. So feeling terrible about your flatlining and, oh my gosh, this is awful and I hate this and, oh, my life is terrible. And that's like putting your foot on the brake. That moves you backwards. That keeps you stuck. So it's just as important to do these exercises and put your foot on the accelerator is to take your foot off the brake. Those two, you need both of those anytime you're trying to, to help yourself be happier and move forward. One of the, what, I don't know where I read this. It might've been on a website that I was trying to get some research for the show. And somebody suggested a way to feel better. And I don't know how to ask this, but I'm going to try my best. A way to feel better is to try to do something that scares you, like to jar yourself into feeling. But if what you're saying is true and you don't have any feelings, how do you differentiate whether it scares you or not? Does that make sense? Yes. I. That's not something that would, I think for the emotional flatlining, it wouldn't make sense. So here's an analogy maybe to talk about if you have a stroke and you lose the function of your arm, which by the way, they've done research where they actually immobilize a person's arm for eight weeks. And after eight weeks, that arm is a useless limb. The person oh, wow. cannot do anything with it. And the way they get that function back is by trying to move the arm. Okay. That's how the brain works. That's a really easy physical way, but we don't think of feelings as physical but they are, the pathways are physical, just like your arm is a physical thing. You have these like physical pathways in your brain. And so in order to rehabilitate them, you have to stimulate them and get them to work again. And tell me, ask me your question again, because well, I think I got lost. In one my of the suggestions, one of the suggestions was like, almost trying to jar yourself into feeling something by scare, doing something that scares you. You know, that's right. Stimulate you. And I don't think that would work with emotional flatlining because you just don't feel anything. So exactly. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't even feel fear, which I wonder if that can. How do you regulate what you know, if something is dangerous for you or not? You know, that's concerning. Well, you still, so the thing with emotional flatlining, so there's two types of emotional flatlining. One is where you can't feel any positive emotions, which is the vast majority of people who find me. But I would say that's probably 80%, 20% have lost all feeling, including their negative feelings. Those are two different mechanisms in the body. We have a reward system that goes out and tries to move us towards rewards. These, this is our survival instinct. We're either moving towards rewards with these good feeling chemicals, or the brain is trying to move us away from danger with cortisol and bad feelings and the fight or flight system. Yes, yes. But, but they're different mechanisms. Okay. So you can have one completely broken and the other one's working fine, which is how it is for most people. But again, for some, both are just completely, completely dead. Um, so the jarring yourself, I think that for other conditions, you know, when you hear the term emotional numbness, there may be there may be something that's it's outside the scope of what of my understanding, but it would not be in the realm of emotional flatlining yeah. as I as I define it and work with it. That's right. Um, let's take our last break, and then when we come back, I want to talk about resources. I want to talk about your books, if you don't mind. We talked about your website, but if you can think of any resources. Hang on to that thought. We'll be right back. You're listening to Brain Matters on 90.7, The Capstone.
WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa. This show is not a substitute for professional counseling and no relationship is created between the show hosts or guests and any listener. If you feel you are in need of professional mental health and are a UA student, we encourage you to contact the UA Counseling Center at 348-3863. If you are not a UA student, please contact your respective county's crisis service hotline or their local mental health agency or insurance company. If it is an emergency situation, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. Brain Matters on 90.7 The Capstone. I'm Dr. B.J. Gunther. We're talking tonight about emotional flatlining, and my guest is Jackie Kim. And Jackie's written several books, I think two books, maybe more, and is providing so much information because she's lived through this. It's a rare condition that some people might not even recognize they have, and I hope, you know, I don't know what our listener um, numbers are, but if it's that rare, I mean, you could listen all over the world because our show will be podcasting and you just never know when you're going to get somebody that this triggers something in them to say, I need to research this a little more because this is sounding very familiar and nothing is working. I mean, I think a key, almost, you could almost argue that a key symptom would be that no traditional forms of treatment are working. That's right. By the time people get to me, they've typically been through therapy, supplements, Everything. meditation, you name it, with no, with absolutely no, no results. Help at all. Talk about your um, resources. Are there any good resources besides your website, which you mentioned? Mention that again, Jackie. Yeah, so my website is getjoyback.com, and I have a free program there. If you have emotional flatlining, this will be a lifesaver to help you get your feelings back, and it explains way more than I talked about in here today. Um, And I am always asking the people on the list always to tell me about any resources, any medications, anything that you've tried that has helped. And I have yet to find anything. And I would be the first person to share it. And I keep saying, this is my side business. And the day there's an answer, I will be shutting it down. So I am <laughs> the, the biggest person who wants to find an answer more than anybody. Have you ever found any podcast that talk about it? I haven't I haven't looked for any, so I don't know. And it's possible that they may be out there. Uh, so when it comes to flatlining, that's really, I feel like my website I honestly, I will tell people that I think it's if you go to the forums, the forums make you think that there's you'll, there's no answer. The people there have had it for years and years and years, and they keep trying all these things that don't work. And you, it's just depressing. So <laughs> I'd be really careful about that. Yes, yes. But again, for the vast majority of people who have anhedonia, then my appreciative living site has a ton of resources that will help. They're very different. That's about back to gratitude and visualization and doing things that help to shift your mindset and reframe to be happier. Do you, of your two books, are either of those books um, specifically on emotional flatlining? Have you written one just about that yet? I have not. They're both on appreciative living, which is geared to the masses and helping the average person overcome happiness. There's there's a woman who just is writing a book right now, though. I guess I give her a plug. Um, And she actually interviewed me and she's the book is called Feeling Blah. And it's the it's the first book that I have seen that attempts to address this issue. So. 
And I think it's coming. I don't, it should be coming out soon. If it's not here now, you may be, be able to pre-order it. Um, I want to say her name is Deidre and she's out of the UK. So that would be another good resource. I think that's probably an excellent resource for people who think they have one or the other. Yes. Aren't sure. yes. Especially if she's interviewed you and you've got some information and you'll have some information in her book. I heard about you from, um, I believe it was Kara Jones. And we did a show on grief and creativity. And Kara has a website herself. She's out in California and has a website herself. And I believe the show we did with her was um, right after Thanksgiving. And she's the co-founder of the Creative Grief Studio. And oh. I, I want to I say she's the one who told me about you, but I'm not 100% positive. That's so interesting. I'd love to know how she found me. I know. I know. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Jackie. It goes by fast. And it's, you know, I realize this is a rare thing, but you just never know who might be listening. And yes. so it's a good, it's good information to have out there. And it's good to um, also define anhedonia so that people also know what that is, too. Yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show, and I hope this was helpful for people out there. Thank you again, and I'm jealous you're in Charleston, South Carolina. How's the weather? Is it beautiful? <laughs> it's a little cold and rainy today, so but I'm not going to complain. <laughs> no, same here. At least it's not the ice storm that's hitting Arkansas and Texas, and that's, that's horrible. Right. That's right. So um, once again, don't forget our shows are recorded and podcasted on Apple Podcasts. They're also on audioboom.com and voices.ua.edu. You can type in Brain Matters, and you'll find some of our past shows. There's a link to to voices.ua.edu on our Counseling Center's website at counseling.ua.edu. Also, I want to remind everybody again, if you have any ideas for upcoming shows, email those to me at brainmattersradio at wbuafm.ua.edu, and I'll consider using your show topics. I always like to thank the people who have made the show possible. As I've mentioned before, this is our 10th year and we're trying to plan something for kind of a 10th year anniversary show. And some people who have helped to make this possible are um, our executive director of the Counseling Center, Dr. Ter uh, excuse me, Dr. Greg Vanderwall, Terry Siggers of the Office of Student Media, my production assistant, Catherine Howell. She's also my colleague here at the Counseling Center. My fellow colleagues at the Counseling Center have always been so supportive of the show, the WVUA staff who helped me in technological difficulties and in editing the show, and my guest tonight, Jackie Kim. Join us next week. Don't forget, our shows are on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Our next show is going to be an interesting and maybe controversial topic, psychedelics and therapy. It's kind of an up-and-coming I don't want to say new trend. I, I don't even know how to categorize it, but uh, it's going to be definitely interesting. So tune in for that show again. Thanks for listening tonight. Have a good night.
This show is not intended as a substitute for professional counseling. Further, the views, opinions, and conclusions expressed by the show hosts or their guests are their own and not necessarily those of the University of Alabama, its officers, or trustees. Any views, opinions, or conclusions shared on the show do not create a relationship between the host or any guest and any listener, and such a relationship should never be inferred. If you feel you are in need of professional mental health and are a UA student, please contact the UA Counseling Center at 348-3863. If you are not a UA student, please contact Contact your respective county's crisis service hotline or their local mental health agency or insurance company. If it is an emergency situation, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.